0: The moment you've all been waiting for out of River Pole
1: England. We were super necessary. super necessary today our guest is former cage warriors bantamweight
0: champion and current ufc fighter nathaniel wood how you doing guys you okay oh good, mate. Yeah, good thanks how are oh, you how's, how's everything going yeah good mate i've been busy i've got a new puppy so and, uh, <laughs> he's keeping me up at night you know he's keeping me on my toes and you know i'm not getting as much sleep but it's all been worth it so you know i'm just gonna get started getting him trained and uh yeah, hopefully catch a few more hours in bed. <laughs> what type of dog is it? He's a Belgian Malinois. So, they're the um, pretty much the most highest drive dog you could get. But it is what I wanted because, you know, I want a dog that's going to, you know, go out for runs with me. I want a dog that's going to come to the gym with me and pretty much be joint to the hip. And um, from my research, that's the dog to get, you know, so um i'm looking forward to it but as i say right now in the puppy stage it's uh it's hard work so
1: you know it's <laughs> yeah, gonna take a bit of work i think you'll need them months to tie it out won't
0: you <laughs> yeah exactly that
2: well, ho- hopefully that's uh, money well spent eh?
0: yeah he ain't cheap either so <laughs> he's, got, um, he's got a uh, raw diet and you know some crazy stuff that i've got to give him supplements and all sorts that the uh the breeders told me so you know, it's costing me a fortune, but, you know, can't put
2: a price on love. <laughs> no, uh, you can't, certainly can't. <laughs> um, so to, to start off then, um, so straightforward, how, how did you get started in combat sports?
0: It's a funny one for me because to, most people, you know, have a kind of real sort of story behind it and how they got into fighting, you know, whether they was bullied or whatnot. And for me, before I even walked in the gym, I said, I don't want to be on a building site anymore for the rest of my life. I want to be a sportsman. And I think I was 15 or 16. And I thought, you know, there's not many sports you can start at that age and make a career out of. You know, if you're a footballer by the age of 16, you better be good. And, you know, I think pretty much for any sport, that's the same case. And MMA at the time, I was a fan of, you know, I was watching the UFC and watching the likes of Demetrius Johnson, Brad Pickett, who's now my coach. And, you know, they were saying that they didn't get started until their 20s. And, you know, I just kind of done the math and thought, right, I'm 15 years old now. If I put the work in, why can't I be where them guys are? You know, training for a living, being an athlete, that just ticks all the boxes for me as a dream job. So, you know, the very first day I walked through the gym with my dad, who um, was training at the time, the goal was, I'm going to make this my living. And, you know, the rest is history. I was like a duck to water. You know, I got on with it very well. I've always been I've always been a very competitive person and I've always been very, um, uh, boisterous is the word. So like, you know, I love play fighting yeah. whenever like my cousins would come over when I was young, I'd be getting in trouble because, you know, I'm throwing spinning kicks that I've been watching <laughs> off Ninja Turtles. And, you know, I've always been that kind of active kid. So, you know, it is, it's the, the best job I think I possibly could have, you know, I couldn't work in an office. I didn't like working on building sites and, um, yeah, so for me, it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird one, really. That you know, I didn't even start training, but I just said, you know, this this is going to be my job, and you know, it took me about eight years, but we finally got there, and you know, now I'm earning
2: a decent paycheck. You um, you mentioned there uh, about other sports having sort of a limit with age. What do you think the limit would be in MMA?
0: It all depends, I guess, on the style of your fighting and how long. you've you've been doing it for so you know as I say my coach Brad Pickett he retired at about the age of 37 but he didn't start till he was 26 so you know that's an 11 11 years career that he's had well if that's the same case for me I'll be retiring in a year's time so I hope it's not (laughs) Um, but yeah I think it always comes down to gym wars are you looking after yourself in the gym or are you just beating yourself up every day getting injured you know Knocking your brain to to pieces, and if you look after yourself, I think you have a long career, and I believe that I'm looking after myself. A lot of people say that you know I'm known for getting into these slug fests, and really not the case. I had two fights like that, you know Johnny Eduardo and um uh, Josh Reed, other than that, my fights have always come out with no damage, and I'd like to think that my sparring's pretty um held back and sensible, so you know I'd like to think that I'd be f- fighting into my late 30s although i would like to be able to retire earlier if i needed to you know for me it would always be i never want to have to fight to make a living if that makes sense if i don't enjoy it yeah so right now i love my, my job it's the best job in the world i enjoy training i enjoy competing and i get paid a lot of money to do it if it got to the day where i didn't enjoy it anymore and i had to keep doing it then, you know, that would uh, leave a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. So, you know, for me, I, as, soon, as soon as I would like to retire, then I'd like to think that, you know, I've made enough money in the sport or, you know, I've
1: got other options and avenues that I can go down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Brad Pithy, um <coughs> as your coach. Uh, we had him on a few months back and he, uh, he spoke very proudly about about your career and your your prospects. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did you get him with Brad in the first place?
0: Uh, So, originally, it was just for a teammate of mine, Aaron Blackwell. They had the uh, same managers at the time. So, it was one of those, oh, do you want to go and do a bit of sparring with a few other guys? And, you know, I heard Brad Pickett was going. So, I was like, right, I'm going to go down there and just fanboy him. And, you know, if I can, try and beat him up and show how good I am (laughs) and that kind of thing. But um, we went down and, he, you know, I just introduced myself. And at the time, he was training at a gym in North London, and I'm South London and Brad had just moved around the corner from me so he said look if you want to jump in the car with me you know come along I'm happy to give you a a lift and you know at the time I couldn't really afford to to get on the underground so you know I jumped in with Brad every day and yeah the rest is history you know I've never met a guy who's now 40 years old and has the same same brain age as me you know the guy (laughs) the guy's still young at heart he's still a kid and you know, if anything, he's probably more immature than I am. So, you know, we get on like a house on fire, and you know, it's uh, it's been a good good few years of knowing Brad so far.
2: So to to kind of go off that, then um how important has he been, not just in your career but in in your life, basically? He's been a, he's played
0: a huge part in it. You know, as I say, with Brad, he's always someone that not just in the MMA world, you know, just in life in general, I can always ask for him for advice. You know, he's, he's like a father figure. You know, mm. I, I've got my dad still, and I'm very close with my dad. You know, I'm lucky like that, and to have another kind of father figure, you know, I'm 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 spoiled almost. You know, if I ever need some advice of someone, and you know, I need someone to talk to, Brad's always there. You know, the guy doesn't earn a penny off me. He's not one of these guys that I feel like uh, is just leeching on. You know, and yeah. yeah. I generally feel like he's a person that's there for me and, you know, he's he's there for me whether I'm fighting or not. You know, if I retired tomorrow, I'd like to think that he'd still be there. I'd still hear from him just as much as I do now. And, you know, to have that these days with people, it's rare. So, yeah. you know, for that, for that, I'm uh, very grateful.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, you'd only had two amateur fights um, at the beginning of the year. What was behind the decision to to go pro so early on in your
0: career? Well, I was one of those fighters that, you know, I trained for a couple of years before I even had my semi-pro amateur fights. Um, You know, I think I trained for two, two and a half years. Whereas nowadays, you know, you've got kids competing after a few months of training. So, you know, I felt like I was ready and I compared myself to who I was training with in the gym. You know, I think if you're training with pros in the gym and you're doing very well against them, you know maybe it's time to go pro and you know I was you know I was getting the better of guys that had been training for years longer than I had and you know for me it was just it was time to get in there and you know getting them pro rankings and start throwing elbows
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so so then how important does it um, maybe in, in your life not just from a, a physical standpoint but mentally as well
0: um it's played a, a huge part in my mental health um I'm one of these guys where I can't sit still, you know, if I sit down and watch TV after an hour, I'm itching to do something, you know, I can't, I can't sit in an office being on a building site. It's too, it's not, it's not, you know, exciting enough for me. I need to be, you know, I'm a bit in a way, I kind of like an adrenaline junkie, I guess, you know, yeah. I haven't done them, but I really want to do skydives. You know, I like motocross riding, anything that, you know, gets that heart rate going and you know, what better sport than MMA. So you know, I'd say that's played a huge part in in my life, just keeping me occupied. You know, I've never, I've not got a background story where it's like, you know, I was involved in the wrong crowd or anything like that. But having MMA made me stay occupied, made me stay on always the right path. And, you know, I feel like a lot of kids out there now who are struggling and, you know, not knowing what to do with their lives, whether they're suffering with depression or, you know, whether they're involved in gangs, you know, if they get into MMA and get into, martial arts you know I think it can help everyone so and of course you get a six-pack you know I'll get <laughs> I'm always there and fit in the gym um you know I don't know what I'd be looking like if I didn't train but you know I can't imagine it would be too good and I'm not the prettiest of kids so you know I don't think I'll be doing too well with finding my fiance if I uh if I didn't have the abs there as well <laughs>
1: so are you kind of always training do you not really switch off in like is there any different for you in terms of like a fight camp to regular training is it kind honestly of
0: mate no like for me to say I'm having a fight camp sometimes ridiculous because nothing changes you know I'm training all the time and if anything my dad and my coaches they have to say mate calm down a little bit you know you're going too hard too early and it's mm. hard to maintain your peak so I've had times where six weeks before a fight I'm at my peak and I'm having to try and maintain that which is draining, you know, it physically is, and you end up overtraining and burning yourself out. So, you know, I do have to rein it in a little bit, which is what as I've got older I've done better at. You know, I've I've lost fights in the past where I was just went in overtrained and um you know I've I've worked that out now and yeah it's I'm getting better with it but I am one of those guys that just can't switch off. You know, I watch an hour of T V and then I'm like right, you know, I need to do something whether it's Go and walk the dog, whether it's, you know, go and learn something. I'll be on YouTube learning how to cook or do something. You know, no. I just always feel like if I waste more than an hour, I feel guilty for it, you know, and I, I don't like that feeling. If I go on holiday, I don't mind sunbathing, but I've got to have a book in my hand or I've got to feel like, you know, I'm upgrading the software somehow. No. You know, whether it's um in MMA or whether it's just in life in general, you know, I, I don't feel like I can switch off very long. So um, yeah, you know what a sport to be in to to,
1: to stay occupied. Well, that's it. It's, it's ever changing, isn't it? So I think you always uh-huh. the opportunity to learn when it comes to MMA.
0: Yeah, exactly. I do find now I've been uh, I put the PlayStation back on. I've been jumping on uh, Warzone. <laughs> so, you know, I do find that helps to switch off sometimes. I, I've got about two hours on the other day, and then I just thought, right, I've got to come off now. But you know, I'd say that's a little bit more entertaining than uh,
2: just watching TV for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, are, you definitely. An, uh, are you a are you a rage gamer? No, I might. Yeah. Do
0: you know what someone said about getting on the old Twitch? So I might just do it, and you know, who knows when I retire from fighting, maybe I'll be a, a
1: multi millionaire from playing PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> why not why not I'm sure you'll have uh, plenty of fans that will want to see it
2: yeah
1: um, so before you joined K20 you had one fight in Bellator uh, mm. back in 2016 was, was there any reason that was only a, a one fight deal yeah it was just Bellator
0: I think will coming into London you know my manager got on the phone to me and said look there's an opportunity here to fight on a you know a big promotion so that's what I did and it was just a one fight deal never really heard anything back so you know, lucky I didn't because otherwise I may have not been in the in the UFC in Cage Warriors and you know my career might have gone a complete different way. But you know, it was a good promotion. It was cool to fight in the O2. It wasn't sold out like it was in the UFC, but you know, it was a good experience and it was nice to be
1: able to say that I fought on Bellator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it good to get some sort of I suppose mainstream exposure before you were a, a big a bigger name as like as big a name as you are now? Mate,
0: that's the thing that I say to people now that until you get to the UFC, stop looking at getting paid good money and focus on building your brand, you know, and that's what cage warriors do. Cage warriors, if I'm honest, they didn't pay me great money. You know, they paid me just enough to get by, but the promotion they gave me allowed me to get to the UFC and it allowed me to, you know, build my name, build my portfolio. I had more followers on Instagram and Twitter than, you know, certain UFC fighters. So, you know, I try and tell kids these days that don't focus on the money yet. Focus on building your brand. Because once you've built your brand, the money's, the, the money's there. And, and this is coming from me. I'm, I'm not rich by any means at all or anything like that. But, you know, I'd like to think I'm doing okay for myself considering I fight in a cage for a living. Um, but I tell these kids, like, you know, in the UFC, you get two fights. And if you lose, you're probably going to get cut. You know, two fights on the trot. If you haven't had a win, you join the UFC. You lose, okay, cool. You get another go. You lose again, unless they're really good performances, or you know, you just got really unlucky. You're looking at getting cut, I think, anyway. And you're you're probably starting on ten and ten, so you could walk away with twenty thousand minus the dollars to pounds. Let's say that's fifteen grand. Then take your tax away, give your manager their cut. You're not getting any money. So you know, <laughs> what I try and tell the kids is before you get to the UFC before you get to that big platform that's going to give you the shot of making a career, you know, and potentially making Conor McGregor money, build your brand. Because if you build your brand and your your name, you've always got that. That's not going to go anywhere. So, you know, whether you then retire from fighting and going into something else, it's going to help, you know, you're going to be able to always rely on your, on your, your brand, your name. And that's what I think these kids need to look after for more now. And, you know, I, I'm not going to mention any promotions, but I know a lot of kids or a lot of young people, shall say, at the time when I was you know on the local circuit, they went off to shows in different countries and just got fed to lions basically. You know, they yeah. got given five thousand, ten thousand pounds, <coughs> which they thought you know was amazing at the time, got knocked out, got knocked out. That's it, career's kind of over. Whereas I'd like to think, you know, I was sensible, I had cage warriors who were a decent promotion. They gave me good matchups. You know, I wasn't given any easy fights, but I had the the, the hype behind me and I got the, you know, the promotion that I needed to, to to be able to build up a decent following. And, you know, I didn't have as much money, but now it's paying off. So, you know, I kind of went off a little bit then. But, yeah, you know, that's what I think these young fighters should be focusing more now is building their brand and, you know, Obviously be themselves, stop with the fake trash talk and yeah, you know, and, and just don't think about the quick payday. Think of the long term, you know, and yeah. As I say, I kind of went off a little bit then.
2: Lovely. so obviously you you were the uh, the champ in, in Cage Warriors. Can you just talk what the what that moment was like having that belt put around you?
0: It was an amazing feeling. Um, you know, to be classed as a world champion is, you know, something special. Um, but the most special thing was the crowds, you know, in the O2 Indigo, in my hometown, I think it only held about 2,000, should we say, maybe 2,500, but they were packed. You know, the crowds were unbelievable every time, and my three fights on cage roars at the O2 Indigo were all finishes in the first round, so you know, the crowd always went went crazy, the fights went viral, and You know, I will always remember the Cage Warriors days for for the rest of my life, 100%.
1: Um, You were obviously still champ when you signed with the UFC. Um, Was there any temptation to stay with Cage Warriors at all and, and carry on defending the belt? No,
0: personally, because, you know, I felt like I was ready. I was ready to go to that next stage. I had actually got offered a fight in the UFC before my last Cage Warriors fight. But at the time, I'd just signed my bout agreement with Cage Warriors. So it would have been a little bit of hard work, you know, to get out of that. So I'd already committed myself. And the fight that the UFC offered me, I think, was on about five weeks' notice. So it was, you know, even though I'm always fit, I'm not always uh, ready to make weight. You know, that's a big yeah. one. So <laughs> For me to make weight on five weeks' notice, it's not easy. You know, I'm fit, I'm ready to fight, but there's not always the chance I'm going to make weight. So, you know, I used the... Uh, I made the right decision and thought, nope, I'll finish my, my fight that I've agreed to on Cage Warriors. It was a bit of added pressure because, you know, if I'd lost that fight, that contract would have been ripped up. But, you know, obviously I got the win. I got it in about 40 seconds via knockout. And, you know, I knew then it was like, you know, the time's right now to get into the UFC and,
2: you know, the rest is history. Yeah, definitely. Um, so can you, you talk a bit about that that transition from Cage Warriors to, to UFC? Yeah. How how smooth is that going from the one organization and being where you were to the UFC it, and going into the higher competition? It's
0: funny because this obviously that's always been my dream to get to the UFC, but when it actually comes, because it's been such a long journey, it just feels right if that makes sense. It didn't hmm. feel, you know, it didn't feel like oh I've just won the lottery or anything like that because it had been a solid eight or nine years of hard graft you know, winning your fights, lose a fight, you're two steps back, winning the fights, you know, and, and working your way up. And, you know, obviously when my manager gave me the text to say you've been signed by the UFC, you know, I knew it was already coming because, you know, I'd already been offered a fight before. Then I got a knockout in 40 seconds. You know, it was, it was obvious that it was going to come. Um, so, yeah, you know, going into the UFC, the thing that I would say was different was compared to cage wars is you're now the this, this, uh, fish in a big pond. <laughs> you, know, yeah. warriors. you know, I was, in a way, the big fish in that little pond. And, you know, when you go to the UFC, it's huge. You're talking worldwide now. So, you know, you're at the bottom of the list. And, you know, the days of being the main event, you now got to work your way back up. And, you know, it's a nice feeling, if I'm honest. It's the, um, you know, it's the journey that's the fun bit. You know, the, the losses and stuff, it's all part of it. And, you know, eventually one day I'd like to think in the future when I've got UFC gold wrapped around my waist. These are the days I'll be missing. You know, this is the journey that you enjoy,
1: and you know it's on your pathway to um to greatness. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of moving from Cage Rogers to UFC, obviously it's been big news this week with Paddy the Baddy, mm-hmm. uh being signed to the UFC. <laughs> uh, have you seen much of Paddy yourself, and what you make of him? If you have,
0: yeah, I've met him a few times. Cool kid, you know. I've always just mate, how are you, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. The amount of uh, promotion he's getting now is crazy, you know, to be getting, I think the UFC put up a thing about him before they would even technically signed him. And, you know, I've never seen that before. So, you know, I just, yeah, mate, he's going to enjoy it. And, you know, it's going to be good to see him in there with the UFC gloves on.
2: Yeah, it's crazy to see him everywhere and all the twisties. He's like cancelling accounts and everything. He's hes doing it all, man. He's not like, even in like other fight. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And he
0: didn't show me what the secret is. So, <laughs> if I thought I was good at that marketing myself, mate. He's smashing it. So, yeah, uh, fair, yeah, play I've, fair play. I've
1: never seen anything like it from, from a new signing, but yeah. he's a, he's got that self-belief that, that you need Are supposed to be a top UFC fighter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's doing well. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. You know, obviously, <clears throat> the UFC is a step up in competition. Um but yeah, you know, he's obviously ready. He's been around a long time. So, you know, I think he'll
2: do well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously your, your last fight was in October against um Casey Kenny. Unfortunately, you're on the losing side, which actually split a lot of opinions. Um, so are you the type of fighter that that takes a lot a lot from a defeat and can put that into your next fight?
0: No, if I'm honest, not anymore. You know, I, I always think now that a loss, there's a lot more going on in the world to stress about. So, you know, it was one of those where MMA is a game of luck at the end of the day. And, you know, I watched the fight back. I thought I'd won it, but you know, the judges didn't. So I'm not going to cry about it. At the end of the day, it's the judges that make that decision. And, you know, Casey Kenny hats off to him. He had, you know, a good performance and got the win. However, I thought, you know, I should have had it, but, you know, that's my fault for not finishing the fight. So, you know, as I said earlier, it's all part of the journey. You win some, you lose some. And, you know, I'm just using that now as, you know, more more reason to finish my next fight. And, you know, believe me when I say we've changed a few things up in the gym and, you know, I'm going to be a lot more aggressive than I was in that Casey fight. And, you know, I just can't wait to get back in there and, and you know, show the crowd what I'm capable of.
2: The man, the, the, them judges as well, eh? Hey, they always... <laughs> never make the right decision sometimes he yeah
0: Mate, i swear i think the geezers were i think they might have been on their phones while we were like how one of them scored it 30 27 i'm like come on man do you know what i mean like what have i got to do have i got to knock him out to get a draw or something you know? <laughs> it's, it's stupid
1: yeah, yeah definitely um so you mentioned obviously you've you've mixed it up in in training since then and as we mentioned it's been six months since we've seen your fight is there is there anything in the pipeline is there anyone you've got your eye on for your next opponent?
0: Well unfortunately I'm just dealing with a hand injury from the Casey Kenny fight um you know I'd torn some ligaments in in the the little knuckle on my right hand so it sounds a lot worse than it is you know living like a normal person is absolutely fine but as soon as I started putting impact on it it was just it wasn't right you know it was hurting it was causing me a lot of pain and you know, unfortunately I started training, getting ready for a fire and it just went again in training. So, you know, the doctor has said to me, look, you need to rest this for eight to 12 weeks. Otherwise it's just not going to recover. Um, he's spoke about operating on it. He spoke about taking tendon from my wrist and putting it in the knuckle and it just sounded horrible. So I said, look, no, I'll, I'll rest, you know, I won't hit or put any impact on that hand for he said at eight to twelve weeks. I'm I'm going to go for six. You know, I reckon six weeks would be fine. Um, and then yeah, I'd like to get back in there. So I reckon end of June, July time, I'll be good to go. I'm still training now. You know, I'm keeping my weight down and just keeping fit. So um, I just called Dominic Cruz out on Twitter. But I also called out Chia Vera and yeah. Sean O'Malley. And mate, I just want to get, <laughs> get someone lined up. You know, I want to get a good fight and something to you know get the get the crowd going. As I say, I, I think I won that Casey Kenny fight. I think he actually beat Dominic Cruz. So, you know, for me, that's a fight I'd like. You know, I feel that I beat Casey Kenny. So, you know, I feel like that should have been me in there with Dominic Cruz. You know, I feel like I should have been fighting the former champ. And, you know, I feel like it would have been a different result. You know, I feel like I'd kick his leg to pieces and,
2: you know, I yeah. feel like I'd finish him. Uh, I've seen you on your, your Instagram. You've been mixing up. up. What would you train them for? Sure Tomahawks drilling them. Yeah, like, see, see, one of them in, in a face. Yeah, <laughs> a
0: lot of people think they're illegal, but the the ones I'm throwing, they're not. They're at a slight angle and they're coming in more as a um uh straight in your face as opposed to up and down. So right. you know, we're we're uh, we're learning these new little tricks, and you know, I want to get I want to get a viral a viral finish with You know, I want it to be like Cage Warriors where. You know, my fights go viral. The crowds are going crazy. And, you know, I think one of them will get that. So, yeah, you know, we'll yeah. see them in the next fight and uh, see if I can get another 50 G's
1: bonus. That'd be <laughs> lovely. Yeah, yeah. you've not <laughs> too many of them, so I'm sure it, I'm sure it will go viral. <laughs> if they
2: manage, manage to get one. Um, so, obviously now in Phantom Week, we've got a new champion with Sterling. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy around it. Just wanted to get your opinion on that and what went down.
0: Mate, what was Peter Young thinking? You know, that was, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, in a way, I just don't even know what to say. You know, I just—it's a good job, but he's not. You know, he's not my fighter or something. Because if one of my fighters had done that, I would be losing my shit. You know, how can you, <laughs> mate? You would have won that fight, and you just—he sat there for about ten seconds and then threw the knee. So I don't know if he thought he was in in one FC or yeah. you know he just forgot the rules all of a sudden, but. Yeah, you know, fair play to Adrian Sterling because I feel like people are giving him a lot of stick. Um, He didn't do nothing wrong. Do you know what I mean? He took an illegal knee, whether he had to continue or whether he could have or not. It's only him that will know that. And, you know, in a way, I think, why not? You've just been offered. If someone's telling you, right, mate, just, you know, say that it it hurt a lot more than it did. You'll give you double pay. You'll be on championship money. You'll be the champ. Come on, of course you're going to do that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think, Peter, yeah, I know he has himself to blame on that one. And, you know, I feel like everyone should, you know, lay off a little bit on and Sterling. But, you know, I think he's he's loving it at the moment. I think he's yeah. winding, winding up the trolls and stuff. So, you know, fair play to him. You know, he's worked hard and let
1: him enjoy it. Yeah, I think that was our reaction to it, to be fair, when when Peter did that me, we both just kind of, what he he had to fight yeah. done, as you say. It, if it was... you had money
0: on him, you would be fuming. You yeah. really Absolutely. would be fuming. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I'm just glad that I didn't put any bets on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen a, a video of Sterling. This, I think, this is why people have a go at him. He talks about it in that moment after being in need. He's thinking about exactly what you said. You know, I'm I'm not going to get this opportunity again. You know, so do do you think he not not overplayed that part of receiving the neighbor after he was able to do the interview and everything? Do you think he overplayed it a bit? Yeah, mm, I don't think he over. Yeah, I don't know. I think that he could have continued
0: if he really wanted to. But in a way, I do think. Why should you? You know, I don't think yeah. the UFC should. Uh, the UFC sorry should have even given him the the opportunity to continue because he may have not been concussed from that that knee, but it might be the next shot that you know puts in there that that little extra bit of damage in yeah. that does cause some serious damage. So. You know, a lot of fighters are too tough for their own good. So, you know, I know for myself, if I was fighting, being in there with that general Marshall, I'd be, no, I just want to carry on. You know, I want to carry on. And in a way, I'd rather someone say, "Nah, do you know what, Nate? Like, don't. You just took a bit of a nasty knee there, mate. And, you know, you need to look after yourself. At the end of the day, you, you want to have a nice long life. You want to be able to play with your kids and, you know, take them out and play football and stuff. And, you know, I don't want to be... Like mangled up on the sofa because I've took too many head traumas. You know, yeah. I want to be fit, healthy, and enjoy my life. So, you know, I do think that,
1: you know, he made the right decision. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um you mentioned earlier about uh, cutting weight and things like that, and you're not always quite ready to make weight. Uh, and we had Julia Avila uh, faking that the, the way ins a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um. What What's your opinion on sort of weight cutting? Obviously, you've got the type, the likes of one that don't allow uh, cutting weight. Do you think it's like, do you think the limit of, of weight classes should be raised slightly to make it easier, or should should it all be on the fighters? Do you think it
0: is such a hard one? Because you know, I do think in the day it's down to the fighters how much weight do you think you can lose? Be sensible, have the right coaches around you. But I think if you did the weightings on the day, that would. For me, I, it would do better because like when I was semi-pro, I did weigh-ins on the day. I wouldn't cut any weight. If my opponent does, mate, he's going to he's gonna lose out because you can't rehydrate. You can't put that energy back in. You know, you're know, you going to get knocked out with a jab, but then it makes my life easier, but then other fighters I know will still try and cut weight on the day and then it's even more dangerous for them. So it really is a hard one. I know 1FC, I think, are doing the the health checks on on the week, so you can't dehydrate yourself um but yeah it does suck you know I think that is the most dangerous part of the sport it is for me the hardest part you know I could fight every week if it meant that I just had to fight and not cut a weight um but unfortunately I haven't got the answers you know I don't know what could be a safe way other than you know you're always going to find a fighter that's going to want to push it that little bit more You know, as I say, if we did weigh-ins on the day, you're going to have someone that says, oh, I can cut two kilos on the day and be fine. And then eventually you've got people cutting, you know, ridiculous amounts of weight and all for an advantage. So, you know, Mm. it's a shame. Um, But yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe they do, you know, like what 1FC are doing where you check on the week and the fighter has to maintain. Or maybe they're not allowed to put on a certain amount of weight on fight day. You know, so if I cut down to 61 kilos on fight day, I can't go up past 66. You know, then I'd be inclined not to cut as much water weight and go, therefore go up a weight loss. Um, but yeah, I'll let, uh, I'll let the boss Dana White decide that way. <laughs> um,
2: and so uh, the next question then, uh, we've just seen a bit being a whole fighting championship has introduced a pension scheme. For the fighters, okay. you, you were talking about you know, looking after yourself in the long term. Do you think that, mm-hmm. that that would be something you'd like to see in the UFC and organisations? I didn't even know they were
0: doing that. Um, but hell yeah. You know, if I can get a... <laughs> oh, sorry boys. That's just my like. Um Yeah, if I can get a pension, then yeah, you know, count me in. <laughs>
2: Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I suppose I get your opinion on that. But it'd be good for the fighters, you know what I mean? You're putting yourself through a lot. It'd be nice to yeah, have think, a reward at the end, you
0: know. I think we, in our sport, is so new that there's, you know, every other sport in the world I think earns probably more money than we do mm. is, and I think we have the toughest sport by far. You know, we have the, the hardest sport there is. We're not just, um, you know, boxing, tough sport, but you, you, you just box. That's what yeah. you do. With yeah. us, you get punched, you get elbowed, you get kicked, you get your arms snapped off, you get your leg, your knee <laughs> twisted. You know, there's so much more damage and risk that we can take you know, I think we should get more more for it. But I'm not saying that's down to the UFC to do it because UFC pay me a hell of a lot more money than any other promotions are going to pay me, and they've given me the ability to be able to get mortgage. You know, I'll be able to uh, have kids now, and you know, know that they're going to be financially stable. And you know, there's not many other promotions in the world that's that are going to do that for you. So, you know, I'm not saying it's their job to to provide, I guess, a pension, but. Yeah, you know, if someone out there is willing to do that, then, you know, count me in.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we've got a couple of questions from uh, a couple of our listeners on Twitter. Uh, So Chris from Unmatched MMA would like to know who your dream opponent is and how you see yourself matching up against them.
0: Got to be Conor McGregor just because I want that that, 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 not 50 G's now. I want, I want way more than that. I want the red panty no. Um, But no, if if it wasn't, you know, not talking about money, duh, 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 core dream matchup, I'd have to say, oh, that's a tough one. I would have to say Casey Kenny right now because I'm like, man, I won that fight. You know, I want that back. So. You know, I'd have to say he's my dream match-up now just so I can get, get to rectify that. You know, that's such a frustrating loss. Um, but yeah, other than that, it'd be McGregor for that payday money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the next one that we've got is from uh, Cyrus King. Um, he says, what do you feel about the state of British MMA and how do you feel it's developing in comparison to Brazil and USA?
0: I think we're doing well in the sense that we're such a small country and yet we have some, you know, top, top fighters out there. Um, but I do feel we're struggling in in the sense that we haven't got like great gym facilities here. I've got an amazing team, but you know, our gyms what at the moment, 2,000 square foot, 2,500 square foot, as opposed to pff, what gyms out in America, like 20,000 square foot. And, yeah. you know, we're lacking on that, them sort of things, but, we're a small country, so, you know, I'd like to think that, that we're doing well. Um, yeah, it would be nice to see some more British fighters getting getting signed. But, you know, I I know myself and my teammates, we've got a hell of a lot of talent coming through. So, you know, I don't think it'll be very long until we see a lot more um, UFC British champions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think British MMA right now was at, at a really good point, And I think the likes sort of you know, and O'Connor's Irish, but the likes of him and then you've got like, obviously Michael Bispin going back a few years, Darren Till, yourself, um, and now someone like Paddy coming in, I think there's so yeah. much, there is so much more British talent than probably ever before. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, you, you, you mentioned about his talent
2: coming from your own gym. Uh, could you name some uh, some of the who in your gym who are coming up? Yeah, so sure, we've got
0: We've got a young kid called Lon- Lonnie Kavanagh. He's, um, I believe he's only 3-0 pro, but mate, what a talent. You know, he gives me such hard rounds already, and he's about 20 years old or 21 years old. Nice. So make sure to check him out. You know, it'd be good to get him on the podcast, guys, because, you know, he's going to be a future superstar. Yeah. We've got loads. We've got Nick Bagley, another fighter who I believe is 2 or 3-0. He's uh, Brad's, I'd say, new prodigy you know, Brad kind of got rid of me now and he's, he's taking nick under his wing um we got wesley Meyer, you've probably seen him on cage warriors hasn't got yeah. the best of records just yet but unfortunately he had a bit of a bad start in his career you know just kind of took fights on short notice but you know he's a hell of a talent for sure you know he's going to do very well um and he's a beast man you know he's flying elbows knees all sorts and uh yeah, we've got loads. We've got Mike Kondeo. You would have heard of him on Cage Warriors. We've got Ashley Grimshaw, who's you know my jujitsu coach. He's a little bit older. He's thirty eight, but yeah. you know the um, the talent in our gym is you know next to none. I honestly believe we've got the best gym in the UK. And once Brad gets his new gym facility open, then we will have you know the best hub I think in the UK as well. So. You know, I'd like to think that we'll have um, fighters from different countries coming over to train with us,
1: you know, when that's up and running. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so, if you weren't in MMA, I know you obviously mentioned you'd sort of worked on construction sites and you wouldn't be up for office work and anything like that, but if you weren't in MMA, what, what do you think you'd be, you'd be doing right now? Well, do you know
0: what? I actually thought the other day, something that I probably... I wouldn't mind a bit of that is the um like being a sports physio or like an osteopath or something like that, you know, more looking after fighters and, and athletes. You know, I don't think I'd want to um be giving a massage to your local Doris who's about eighty years old coming in, do you know what I mean? But yeah, I think you know, I'd like to be involved in sport and you know I think I'd be like a sports physio or something like that, but you know, obviously with something like that I'd have to go and you know go to university and you know all those sort of things so um yeah i think that's something that i might have you know looked into a little bit more and you know i'm interested when when my osteopath comes around you know i'm always asking questions and i find it interesting you know how the, the body works and you know how you keep fighters and healthy and, and in the gym
2: yeah yeah that's a good one and uh, so finally then uh, what can fans expect from Nathaniel woods this year just expect elbows,
0: you know, expect them elbows happening in, because, mate, I've been drilling them, you know, since I've had an injured hand, I've been drilling them every day, so, um, but no, just expect me to be back in there, back to winning ways and calling out everyone there possibly is that can get me closer to that gold. You know, I want the UFC belt, I, I want to, you know, achieve that dream and, you know, I know it's only gonna, I'm only gonna have to fight the best fighters in the world to get there, so, you know, just
1: expect that. Yeah. And when you get that vibe on knockout, you better believe that we're getting elbows trending. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. John Haggerty style. You know,
0: that's it. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to throw in them John Haggerty elbows.
1: <laughs> oh well it's been brilliant to talk to you, Nathaniel. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, hopefully the hand heals all well and good, and we look forward to seeing you again in the octagon very soon.
0: Ah, uh, you're welcome. Thank you guys for having me as well. No, I appreciate it.
1: Not a problem. were super necessary.